Hey, before we jump into the podcast, just want to give a quick reminder, if you're new here to the Holistic Nootropics podcast, to please just take a quick second and subscribe to the podcast. It takes literally a second to do. Just hit the subscribe button right there in your podcast player. Also, if you want to help us out, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Now, if you're more of a visual person, you like to actually watch the podcast, you can actually do that over on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. Just go to youtube.com, search Holistic Nootropics, You'll see our page pop up. Subscribe to that. Hit the little bell icon so you can get notified every single time new videos drop because we don't just do podcasts over there. We do product reviews. We do all kinds of nootropic and biohacking and holistic health topical videos. So go on over, check us out on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. And for all things nootropics, nutrition, and biohacking related, go on over to holisticnootropics.com. Okay, let's jump into the podcast. You're listening to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, your home for holistic, evidence-based cognitive enhancement strategies. And now your host, Eric Levi. Hey, welcome back to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, where we discuss using nootropics, biohacking, and nutrition to help you boost your cognition. My name's Eric. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. And today on the show, I have Kashif Khan. Kashif is the chief executive officer and founder of the DNA company, where personalized medicine is being pioneered through unique insights into the human genome. Now, we're going to get all into Kashif's story, the story of the DNA company. But first, I want to give you a heads up that Kashif will be one of the many featured speakers at the Biohacking Congress this October in Miami, Florida. It's one of the biggest biohacking conferences in the country and one of the first uh, major health conferences to start or to happen since the pandemic started. So if you're looking to get out of your home, meet a bunch of wellness professionals, meet and listen to some of the leading voices in the biohacking and human optimization um, space, you want to go to the Biohacking Congress. In fact, I have teamed up with the Biohacking Congress to offer listeners of the Holistic Nootropics podcast a 50% off of on-site in-person tickets. So you can save 50% off when you attend the conference. You can get that by going to bio, uh, biohackingcongress.com. And when you check out, use the code HACK50, that's H-A-C-K 50, and you will get an instant 50% off ticket. Now, if you want to attend the conference, but you know the whole uh, idea of planning a trip to Miami is a little out of reach for you right now, maybe you don't want to fly in a plane with a weird mask, maybe you just can't get out of your home at the current time, that's fine because they will be live streaming the entire conference so you can get a virtual pass. You can attend the conference from the comfort of your own home. Um, and I actually have a bunch of tickets to give to listeners of the Holistic Nootropics uh, podcast completely free. If you want one of those tickets, all you got to do is go on over to Apple Podcasts, leave the Holistic Nootropics podcast a five star review, take a screenshot of that review, email it to me at info at uh, info at holisticnootropics.com, and I will reward you with a free virtual ticket to the Biohacking Congress. So two great ways to get involved with the Biohacking Congress and see featured speakers, some of the top voices in the health, human performance, wellness, biohacking space, like our guy today, Kashif Khan. And with all that, Kashif, thank you for joining me today on the Holistic Nootropics Podcast. How's it going? Awesome. It's great to be here, man. I'm going to get that 50% off too. I got to find out if I get a free ticket or not. <laughs> yeah. Good to join you today. 
Absolutely, man. I'm so, I'm so pumped to talk to you. I love having these types of conversations where I know we're going to get a little nerdy. I know we're going to dive into some, some real nitty gritty stuff that uh, I know a lot of people are super interested in, especially in this biohacking human optimization um, performance space, which is DNA genes. Um, so before we jump into, you know, the DNA company, I would love to know a little bit about your story. You know, what was your journey to getting into the space and ultimately starting this, uh, the DNA company? So I, I actually don't come from the industry, which is unique because you would think in order to run a biotech and sort of work in healthcare, you have to have some sort of degree or background or, you know, science and knowledge in your head. And really, I actually came from the luxury goods world. So I used to sell fancy paintings and trinkets to rich people. That was my business. You know, I'm in Canada, I'm in Toronto. Uh, I dealt with sort of the wealthiest people in the nation and would help them procure really rare investment grade collectible items. That's what I did. But in doing that, I, by my mid thirties, I'm 41 now, wasn't healthy, right? I, I, just like anybody else who takes for granted, oh, just wait to get sick and the doctor will take care of me. That's what we believe is supposed to happen. You know, I didn't do anything. I just kept eating wrong, doing everything wrong, stress, sleep, all the stuff was wrong. And, and so I kind of crashed. It was more than burnout. I crazy migraines, eczema. I couldn't focus anymore. Mild mood issues like depression. It all hit me at the same time. So I started exploring really just so I could get to work. Like again, the bandaid fix me so I can get back to work. And it was in that dive that I learned so much about what I didn't know. And what I thought to be true, that a pill will help me and I just need to wait to you know, resolve a symptom. There was so much more that I actually could take control of. I had no clue. And the thing that really stood out to me was that things could be personalized. It's not just about one size fits all or trial and error. I can actually know what my body needs in terms of food, diet, you know, in terms of exercise, in terms of preventing a, re a reversing disease why would that happen to me uh at that point i literally it was like a complete shift i handed my keys to my business partner and said we grew this thing together in fairness to you i'm walking away keep it and i this is what i was meant to do so i took the money that i have i funded the research and we built what we have today which is literally the largest genomic study of its kind in the world where we've clinically reviewed 6,000 people now in the last three years. And what does that mean? It's not just, hey, I have your DNA and I'm going to research the genes. There's a lot of scientists that know a lot about DNA and genes. How does that become actionable? What do I actually do? For me to tell you that, hey, genetically, you have an 80% chance of Alzheimer's. Great. Am I 80? Am I 20? You gave me anxiety. You didn't really tell me what to do or what's going to happen. So what we said is what nobody is studying is the 20%. The people that didn't get it, the same suboptimal genetics, the same risk, this genetic map points to Alzheimer's. Why didn't 20% get it? Right? Because the whole goal of genetics is let's build genetic therapeutics, personalized drugs that resolve problems. So Long story short, that's what we focused on. We said, let's study the people that succeeded, that did well, while still studying people that needed treatment and you know uh, protocols, whatever. But we focused on what are the environment, nutrition, lifestyle choices that either pulled the trigger or prevented the disease. 
that's where we got to. And that's how we made things actionable now to go beyond you have this gene that means this to here's what your hormonal system looks like. Here's the genes that instruct that system. And if you're a suboptimal this way or that way, here's how you need to eat, eat. Here's how you need to sleep. Here's how you need to exercise. Here's how you need to deal with your environment and the toxins and pollution and all that type of stuff. Uh, and we literally have been reversing disease. And that long story short, that's what we've done. That's amazing. And I, I the, the, I feel like the, the whole idea of, um, personalized genome sequencing, um, looking at genetic SNPs, you know, building protocols off of your personal DNA, um, uh, blueprint is something that has really become very popular in the last three years. Oddly enough, I, I think yeah. I had my first introduction to it about three years ago I was at some little health conference and they were talking about, um, you know, this stuff and, and they were talking about, Hey, here's the nutrients we can use for this sort of thing. Right. Um, and your story is very fitting because I, I, it is a common theme on this podcast, you know, and, and I think it speaks to the overall, um, infrastructure of the holistic health uh, community and holistic health professionals, whether it's doctors, practitioners, or entrepreneurs, which is, we all have a history with, yeah. with some sort of health issue. Um, and I've heard it almost every story. The person is inspired based on their own health history. I'm just curious in your situation, because you said, you know, you're, you're one of these high driving business people, you know, you're going for it. And you know, I lived in New York. I knew a lot of business people. Uh, I know a lot of online entrepreneurs. The burnout is real. It happens. Yeah. And it usually strikes. You usually start to really feel it, you know, in your mid to late thirties, if you've been going for a while. Um, but I'm curious in your story, what was it that brought you to the DNA specific component, the genetic sure. component? So actually burnout is one of the big ones because I realized so one thing that we've done very unique that most genetic uh, sort of researchers don't do is we've studied the brain because so the, the genetic industry has been focused on genes. Like you said, SNP testing, right? Your report is here's your list of genes. Here's the SNPs, the variants or the spelling mistakes. And then that may point to something, but that's not the way the human body works. It's not a bunch of, well, 22,000 genes is what we have. They're not independently working for one another. You can't look at each SNP and then make a sort of deterministic call. If you have this version, of the, that's like looking at a car and saying your muffler is bad, but your engine is good. So you have a muffler problem, but th that system is going to fail, right? Upstream, downstream, everything connects. So step one was that. We looked at these things in maps, but then going back to what, what pointed me to it, it, it was that brain map. So we looked at, the neurochemicals of the brain, dopamine, serotonin, uh, adrenaline, brain-derived neurotropic factor, and then COMP, the enzyme that clears these things out. And we've understood that it's not this gene means this, this gene, but there's, there's systems and pathways that already exist. We needed to reverse engineer all of the genes per system, not one by one by one, and literally build maps. That's what really got me was I figured out why I was so entrepreneurial, why my family was burdened with alcoholism and addiction and depression and even suicide. Um, but why the same genetic uh, suboptimality just led me in a di different direction towards entrepreneurialism. What is that? So in the dopamine pathway, there's a gene called DRD2, which determines how much dopamine you bind, meaning you know, 
it's not about how much dopamine you produce, but you have these receptors in your brain that allow you to connect the dopamine and feel that reward or pleasure. It does one of two things, reward or pleasure, right? I have the least density. So the DRD2 gene determines that I have sparse receptors. So when that pleasure thing happens, I don't feel it very much. Mm. The, the second layer to that is now that I've experienced that reward or pleasure, I have to get back to normal, right? So getting back to normal means breaking up that dopamine and getting it out of those receptors. There's a gene called MAO. I have the fastest version of that. Mm. So it very quickly chews it up. There's an en enzyme called COMPT, which then is responsible to clear up that chewed debris. I had the fastest version of that. So imagine that pathway. I don't feel. It's way down here. As I'm feeling, I'm already losing the experience. And that thing that I'm losing is being cleared out as it's being lost. I have three possible outcomes, which is what my family experienced. Depression, because I just don't get to enjoy or experience. Addiction, because I feed it by going down the path of pleasure. Or achievement, because I feed it by going down the path of reward and taking stupid, crazy risks that make no sense, like being an art dealer that all of a sudden sells DNA tests, right? Yeah. Because I just see the opportunity. I have to do this. This is too important. So that one thing is probably the biggest aha moment for me where I went from, this is interesting, I feel better, to this is my life. Like, I have to focus on this because the personalization, going back to your question, came from this the personalization came from this is explains everything about me mm -hmm. right and now i understand how i think how i perceive why i've done what i've done etc 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 yeah that oh man thank you so much for sharing that because um you know that's that's such an interesting story that i notice with um you know a lot of these when you start diving into the genetic data especially specifically what you're talking about which is the um, you know, you're short on the receptor that catches dopamine. You're really quick in the, in the gene that metabolizes dopamine. So for a lot of these people too, it's like you said, you become an alcoholic. You can, you, you, you can use these traits in a few different ways. You can use it constructively or it can, um, completely, you know, uh, ruin your life. Right. A lot of people are adrenaline junkies because of that. You know, it's like, it's not enough to just go for a walk. It's like, they got to jump off a bridge or they got to, you know, um, exactly. gamble or they have to use, uh, hard drugs or any of these things. And, uh, and like you said, it, the way you elucidated that, that told the story of me. And, uh, and that's the most exciting thing that I think people are looking for from these sorts of genetic tests. Like, I know who I am, but what is the biochemical story of me and how can I suit yeah. my lifestyle to fit that the best? Because imagine if you're empowered with that, it goes beyond my mood or how I feel or what people say about me. This is my hard wiring, right? My CPU, my motherboard, whatever you want to call it, that's how it operates. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, now I know how to relax, how to tone down how to use my superpower of being entrepreneurial, but also knowing that I have to have the right people around me because I do take too many risks. I need right. the naysayers around me to sort of vet things. And that's what our team looks like. Right. right. So, so you know, going from, I kind of feel like this to like, this is literally what you were designed to do. And here's the other components you may need as a team or a couple or your children or whatever you're doing. Right. So that's what was, yeah, super empowering for me. Yeah. Are you driving right now, by the way? Uh, somebody else is driving. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was like, 
This dude is doing a podcast and driving. No <laughs> kidding. He is a risk taker. So I was meant to be driving and it's happened before, uh-huh. but I just thought it wouldn't have looked appropriate. But anyways, I should have just done it. No, I thought, I, I think it would have been so fitting. You're like, yeah, you know, I got these dopamine things. I like to take big risks. That's why I'm driving and doing a podcast. No big deal. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I once got pulled over driving. I was driving a cargo van and we had a bunch of equipment in it and I was shaving and reading the newspaper while driving with my knee because I was trying to find our advertisement in the newspaper to make sure I got a good position. And I also didn't want to waste time. So I thought I should shave while driving so I can do two things at once. Yeah. This okay. Is when I was at the peak of my, you know, crazy entrepreneurial spirit before yeah. I understood who I was. And I got pulled over <laughs> and I was wearing a, like a tank top shirt. And the officer said, I can see you're a working man and I respect what you're doing. So I'm not going to give you a ticket, but this is insane. Yeah. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, You know, and that actually just kind of makes me think like while we're talking about this DNA thing and these specific, uh, you know, enzymes and genes that people have, especially in the brain, because, you know, on this podcast, we talk so much about the brain. um, I wonder if there's something to be said about people who consider themselves multitaskers, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you can't like doing one thing isn't enough. It's like, you have to be doing multiple things to satisfy, you know, I, I don't know, dopamine, serotonin, GABA, whatever right. it is. Um, have so you seen done, anything like that? We've done a lot of work around that. And there's different ways multitasking happens. There's literally multitasking, like I'm doing multiple things at once. And we've done this, by the way, for corporations where we've helped them map out, for example, their C-suites. You know, how do you actually make this team gel and work together the best? We've done this for professional athletes. We just worked with the, an NBA team where we mapped out the whole team to teach them how to deal with each other, how to, you know, mom's calling me saying, I want a new car. Friends are calling me saying, I want tickets or I want to borrow money. The stresses that you wouldn't even think about. Right. And we mapped out with them their individual capacity to deal with those things and how they should actually deal with them. So it works for them. So as an example, multitasking, there's literally that I'm doing multiple things at once. I'm more likely to do that because each thing, the reward or the pleasure pokes at me and I can't say no. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's more less multitasking, more being easily distracted where people are confusing that with multitasking. Then there's multi-prioritizing. It doesn't mean I'm literally doing them all at once. Right. But I can handle multiple streams of thought. And, but as I'm doing each one, I need to focus. That's the flip opposite of me where they have the maximum dopamine receptor and the slowest clearance. That person, it's very hard to get them motivated. It's hard to get them to say yes, because they're just feeling satisfied anyway. Mm. Right. And so they appear to be outwardly flaky. Like you leave a meeting and they say, Hey, 10 action items. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I got it. And they only ever do two of them, but the two that they do that pique their interest, they will binge and dive deeper and do a better job than anybody. Wow. Right. So be, because when they feel that pleasure reward and something piques their interest, they so rarely feel that, that they get lost and then they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. So that's more of a multi-priority person. Then you have serotonin. So serotonin is your mood regulator. And this is one thing that has been misunderstood. And this is why I'm so proud of the work we've done in studying the 6,000 people, because we've understood traits that aren't known scientifically. Meaning that what is serotonin? Everybody knows it's like your mood. You feel happy or you don't feel happy. You're irritated or you're not irritated. But why is that happening? 
we learned this by studying 6,000 people. And what do we see is that it's because they're more susceptible to being sort of prompted by stimuli. So it's not that I'm irritable or I'm moody. It's that everything pokes at me. So I'm more likely to respond to the things that you don't even see, right? Because you don't have the serotonin dysregulation. So what does that mean? I have a super high attention to detail. So cross that over into work, right? All of a sudden, I have the superpower that if I am that binger that has tunnel vision, that's only doing what I want, but I also see all these nuances and details that nobody else sees, I have the superpower of being deeply analytical and coming back with a stack of paper that everyone's like, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. I didn't even notice those things, right? So this is where if you go from, call it the, the, the genetics of it, serotonin means you have a bad mood. You have a... It, that that meaning is so um, sort of a, a small percentage of what you can actually derive from something if you were to study the what we call the phenotype. The genotype is here's your genes. The phenotype is how does that manifest? What does it equal? And then serotonin, where it's considered to be a problem, it's actually a huge superpower as well because that person that can be the leader because they're focused, tunnel vision, multi-prioritizing, seeing all the details, you know, that's a person that's hard to replace. Mm -hmm. But they have to understand that, harness it, and use it to their advantage. Yeah, right? I agree. Yeah, you know, one, one thing I've been actually uh, recently getting into because I've been doing some research on some different peptides and things, and um, right. they use the word pleiotropic a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but it basically means that it works in multiple ways in multiple locations in the body. Right. So like, uh, you know, something like serotonin. Uh, you know, everyone says, man, I'm depressed. I need a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, selective yeah. ser serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And so what do you do? You get the pill and then the pill does, it goes there, it messes with your brain chemistry. Yeah. And so you, now you have more serotonin in your brain. And then what happens? People get more depressed because of serotonin syndrome. And then yeah. you also got serotonin being made in your gut. And so serotonin yeah. also affects muscles. It affects all of these different things. Exactly. So it has a pleiotropic effect. So, um, yeah like what you're saying is understanding where that fits into your overall sequencing, your, your phenotype is more powerful than just saying I'm depressed. I need more serotonin. Exactly. There's, there's definitely more to it. Cause you know, you, you then know why it's happening. It's not lack of serotonin. It's lack of your abilities, your body's ability to bind, manage, utilize, clear. It's mm -hmm. the entire process. Right. So it's serotonin. Same with detox. So, so by the way, for serotonin, it's true. More serotonin doesn't mean more serotonin. Right. If you're not binding it properly, if you're not clearing it properly, same thing like dopamine, it could last a very short time. It could last a very long time for the person for whom it lasts a long time and you're giving them more. And they're also dysregulated to how they, it, it could be a disaster. Mm -hmm. Same thing with detox. What is your detox process? And this is a huge one where you name a chronic disease issue, we usually link it back to glutathionization, your mm -hmm. ability to clear toxins, because what is disease rooted in? Inflammation. We know that already. Everybody agrees, whether you're an allopathic doctor or you're a naturopath, we agree. What is inflammation rooted in? That's where we don't go beyond, because there's no, the doctor toolkit doesn't have anything to measure or look for that, right? So, you know, that's rooted in poor cellular health. If the cell is unhealthy, it's going to be inflamed. What is poor cellular health rooted in is that toxic insult. It's that either from external toxic source that you cannot clear or internal, like, for example, oxidative stress that you can't clear. 
right? So what you're supposed to do is through glutathionization, clear these things. You're meant to bind onto toxins, pee them out, you know, metabolize them through the liver, get rid of them, keep the blood clean so that the inflammation insult isn't there. What's happening in some people, and this is what genetic tests, if you like, you know, the, what, what genetic tests do is this gene, this thing, this thing, what we talked about. Functional genomics is, guess what? Forget about SNPs. You might not even have the detox gene. You're looking for all these SNPs, which is like a spelling mistake. There's one letter wrong. There's something called a copy number variation. You literally didn't even get the gene. Or you could have an extra copy. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that gene is instructing the glutathionization process, right? You At the lungs, that first line of fence filtering things out, you could be missing it. At the gut, that first line of fence filtering things out, you could be missing it. Now, what is the typical logical solution to I don't have enough glutathione or I'm not glutathionizing properly? Give me more glutathione. You would think that makes sense. If I don't have the genetic instruction telling glutathione what to do, what is it going to do? Yeah, it might help me clear some toxins, but it's also going to bind on to all my minerals, all my nutrients, right? It's going to go crazy because it doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And this is where we've actually had people that were, and I I would argue to support the people that gave it to them because it makes logical sense, glutathione IV, right? Because they have heavy metal counts and all these things that point to lack of detox, but they didn't know the genetics of something needs to tell the glutathione what to do. These mm-hmm. people end up in bed for like a month, literally. I'm not exactly like literally 30 days. They can't mm-hmm. get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's just a, another nuance. And, and you'd be surprised how, what high percentage of people I'm not talking about a one or 2%. It's like 30% of people we meet have these types of issues, right? Uh, missing detox genes, having suboptimal detox genes, it goes on and on for, yeah, it's like 30% plus is what we see. Wow. That, that's such amazing insight, you know, and it's funny cause I just interviewed, um, this other guy, Giancarlo Torres, who makes a, um, it's a glutathione enhancing product. And right. he also, he doesn't use glutathione. He uses, um, precursors that Precursor, the body yeah. uses to build, which, um, I think has gained more popularity across the yeah. board with supplements. Like you don't, if you want dopamine, obviously you don't take dopamine, you take, um, you know, the precursor tyrosine or whatever, yeah. um, yeah. which I, I'm not recommending serotonin, same thing. You take five HTP or tryptophan, you know, yeah. it, this is a very common thing. Um, but this is the interesting thing that you just said, if your body doesn't have the genes to metabolize these things, or if you doesn't have the genes that know what to do with glutathione, then it's not going to work for you. Um, I don't know if in the case of some of these products, that's the case, but, um, this is why it's so important to understand your, uh, your own genetics, because then you could play to those strengths because you're going to have a capability to detox. Like there's gotta be a way that you detox. It just might not be through the glutathione pathway. It could be through one of these other things. Yeah. And you just may be suboptimal. You're just not doing it that well. Like if you're missing, You know, for example, SOD2, mitochondrial clearance, right? There's a gene called SOD2, which you see these like uh, marathon runners that are fit. You can see their abs when they're 60 years old, but they're haggardly. Their skin is sagging. You know, they look like they're worn out, right? So what's going on there? Same thing. SOD2 is your ability. What do your cells do in your body? Your cells, there's trillions of cells in your body. They take in nutrition, they take oxygen, they make energy. In that process, they create oxidants. 
convert oxygen to oxygen, the thing that gives you life slowly kills you, right? It's crazy. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So that thing that ages your cell, unravels it, well, you take for granted that your body's taking care of it, right? You're supposed to breathe and you're supposed to run and breathe heavy and all this stuff. That one gene saw too, which is responsible for clearance at the mitochondria level where this reaction happens, where you convert the oxygen to oxidants and you're meant to then clear them and metabolize, get rid of them. You could be at 100% capacity or you could be at minus 70% capacity or minus 30 to 40, somewhere in the middle, based on what version of this gene you have. So if you are that marathon runner that has that heavy cardiovascular load because you're breathing heavy, running, 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 and you don't have the ability to clear the oxidation you're creating, it's kind of like having a fireplace with no, ch no chimney and the soot just keeps piling and piling, right? What's going to happen over time? Yeah, when you're 60, you're going to look like you're 90. Yeah. Because you've aged your cells, right? You've mm -hmm. aggressively aged them. And this is what happened to me. You look at my beard. I, I only got into this a few years ago, right? I'm 41 now. I was doing everything wrong until three years ago. You know, five years ago, we started, we were learning and building the science as a biotech company. Three years, we, not a year ago, three years ago, sorry, we knew enough to start implementing, right? And making changes. So I could literally have a black beard instead of a white beard right now if i knew how to take care of my mitochondria earlier in life mm -hmm. i've aged myself more than i needed to mm -hmm. right i thought running on the treadmill was good for me it was actually killing me <laughs> because i'm not designed for that yeah right maybe it's good for my heart but it wasn't good for a lot of other things so anyways long story short to say what you said yes it's not only about it's not a binary yes or no it's to what degree Right. You're doing it, but maybe at a severely reduced capacity, which means you need to change environment, nutrition, lifestyle to match your genetics. And there's this other component, speaking of nutrition, which is, you know, a lot of people I know when I've looked at my um, genetic reports, you know, it says, hey, you have a hard time metabolizing um, vitamin E or, you you know, you, yeah. you naturally are uh, low in thiamine. So you need to get more thiamine. And, you know, people might look at that and go, OK, whatever. Right. But these vitamins, you know, it's not it's not the big, you know, all stars like glutathione and serotonin and dopamine. But what you got to realize, especially when it comes to mitochondrial health is B vitamins are cofactors. Magnesium is cofactor. Zinc is cofactor. So if you look at your DNA and your DNA is telling you, hey, you have a natural um, like non-affinity for these vitamins. It yeah. means no matter how hard you try, like you said, like if you're one of these guys, you're a hard char or girls, you're hard charging uh, runner or endurance athlete, or maybe you're crushing it in the gym and seeing no gains. It might be because your body is is not able to properly utilize these yeah. vitamins to effectively um, boost your mitochondrial production. We've seen that so much, especially like you mentioned the B complexes. So B12. B12 is a big one where we often have to customize for people because mm -hmm. there's multiple layers in terms of what needs to be customized. There's the actual version of B12. And then there's a big one around, is it a pill that you swallow or is this sublingual? Right. There's one gene called FUT2, which determines uh, how well you actually metabolize B12 with the gut. And for those people, and this, this goes back to a history of people that ate beef versus people that ate lamb or sheep. Mm. Right. Because the B12 that you get from beef is metabolized in the gut for lamb or sheep. 
it's pre-methylated. It's kind of broken down and it, you can actually absorb it right in your mouth under your tongue as you're chewing. That's why grandma says, make sure to chew your food. Mm-hmm. Right. So that for those people, they need some lingual. So imagine the vegetarian who's taking a B B12 supplement to maintain their anti-inflammatory capacity because they don't get it from meat and they're just peeing it out and they don't even realize, right. Because they don't absorb. And that same gene, by the way, FUT2 also determines how well you'll do on a vegan diet because it's also responsible for the enzyme activity to break down things like beans, lentils, legumes, Mm. which are the primary protein sources for vegans. And I can't tell you how many vegans we've had to adjust their diet because they were hurting the the bloating, all this, I can't understand why it's happening. Maybe it's dairy, maybe it's this. They literally were not designed to be vegans. So we understand that there's the health concern and there's also the social desire of, I don't want to kill animals, fine then you just have to shift where your protein comes from. It's not going to come from beans, lentils, legumes, and where you were getting it. Chickpeas is a big one that Fatu also drives. So anyways, this is where you name an issue and there's a personalization question, mm-hmm. right? We just haven't had access. The way that we now look at functional genomics is very different than genetics. What you were talking about, vitamin E, this, you know, depression, this, uh, menopause, this, that's not the way the body works. That's the way we needed to get to where we are because we first had to understand the genes, which took a long time and a lot of money, you know, to then be able to layer it into let's mirror biochemistry, the way the body actually works. But we had to study the genes first. So it's kind of like genetics laid the foundations for functional genomics, which is where we're now at to truly take it from kind of probability based to more certainty. Here's you, here's what you need to do. Right. So can you give me like, um, like a hard example of, because all I've ever done are, uh, you know, I I have one, uh, I've done one genetic readout and then I have the SNP readers, you know, I've several of them. Um, so maybe you can give, you know, some hard, uh, examples or differences between, you know, what you guys do and you know, what these, what these SNP readers are, are telling you. Sure. Sure. So if we take, um, so let's take something that affects a lot of people, cardiovascular health, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big one. The number one prescribed pill is Lipitor. You know, everybody has cholesterol issues. And I also mentioned this because I had mentioned that detox is a root cause of a lot of diseases, right? So that's also why I'm bringing this up. So there's genes that have been known that point to 60, 80% chance of cholesterolemia, you know, 60, 80% chance of cardiovascular issues but you're not told why or what to do about it. All that you know is that in the research of genes, when they study people that have cholesterol issues, 80% of those people had these gene variants. So there must be some correlation there because the number is too high, right? What's actually going on? They don't yet know. So what's actually going on? If you look at, and actually a good friend of mine, I can use it as as an example. He's a pharmacist. We're the same age. uh, And around the same time of my discovery, he was the first one because he was a good friend, one of the first few to come in. So he was 38 years old, this three years ago. Uh, and he had a cholesterol issue, which at his age made no sense. He also played tennis three days a week, ate well, uh, and golfed four days a week, very you know active. There was no reason that would point to why he had a cholesterol issue. It actually kept getting worse. He was taking the pills and it was getting worse. So we looked at this genetically. What did we find? We first just look for the red flags. Let's just forget about the your symptom. Let's look at what systems are failing. 
what do we find exactly what I said about detox? The GSTT gene, which sort of filters at the long level, didn't have it missing. Uh, the GSTM, which is at the gut level, he only had one copy from mom or dad. He was missing, so 50% capacity. The GSTP, which is now that the stuff is in your blood, your ability to clear it, he was suboptimal, so minus 70% capacity. So detox overall sucked, right? Didn't do it well. We then looked at, okay, if his detox sucks, he's prone to inflammation, how is he dealing with inflammation? So we looked at his methylation cycle. And we look at methylation, most people genetically think of MTHFR. There's a gene that's very well known and studied, MTHFR. And if you have the good version, you do it well. If you have the bad version, you do it bad. But what they don't look at is there's a whole system up and downstream of MTHFR. You can have the best MTHFR, but everything else sucks and you're not doing a good job or vice versa, right? So we mapped that system out. He was suboptimal most of the way, the way through. So we know that he's not detoxing well. And we know that of the inflammation being caused by, being caused by the detox, he's not responding well. So he's going to be inflamed. Then we looked, where is he susceptible in terms of cellular structure? Call it his hardware, right? And there's something called 9P21, which determines what version of endothelial lining you have. So heart disease typically doesn't happen in the heart. It's usually in the arteries. So in the artery, the inner lining, where the blood actually kind of flows through and touches, is called the endothelial. The 9P21, there's three reason, regions where we look for um, genetically a variation. And all three locations, he had the poor suboptimal version, meaning paper-thin papyrus endothelial versus stainless steel, right? Which means that area was prone to inflammation. Now, what happens when you have inflammation being caused of the endothelial lining, which we knew he had? The body will actually deploy cholesterol as a hormone to reduce the inflammation. What happens when cholesterol meets toxicity? It hardens and gets deposited. Now, keep in mind, you could have these same suboptimal, his exact genetic profile with somebody that never gets sick, right? That's why they say 80% chance, but they don't tell you why. What was the key for this guy? He was golfing four days a week, which meant for four hours at a time, four days a week, he was breathing in all these toxic chemicals and pesticides. What does it take to make that golf course look so beautiful, right? A ton of chemicals. And he was doing that every, well, four days a week. For three days a week, he was playing tennis, high-intensity exercise, which meant oxidation, right? Another form of free radical activity or toxic activity, putting a load on that endothelial. So he had an aggressive load or trigger on suboptimal genetics, which is why we say it's understanding your genetics as your capacity, your hardware, what you're, what you're capable of. Knowing your net result is your environment, nutrition, lifestyle. What are you doing with what you've been given? And what he was doing was wrong for his body type. So what we did was we shifted his choices. We moved him from, you know, cardio and high intensity to more uh, weight training. He still wanted to stay fit, right? We focused on, uh, you know, uh, supplementing him to clear and get rid of that toxic insult. We taught him about his mitochondria and what it actually means to, you know, not have oxidative stress, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So again, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, we revamped everything. He's not on a pill anymore. He doesn't take a cholesterol pill anymore. Mm. Right. But that thing 
that symptom that was being masked, oh, your cholesterol numbers have gone up. We now need to give you a pill. You're now going to be on this treatment most likely for the rest of your life until you finally get a heart attack. That thing probably started 10 years prior to that, right? This mismatch of everything being done wrong to his genetics probably started years and years before because that's how long it takes. This is why most chronic disease starts at the age of 50. Right. Because you have to do the wrong. You have to eat like an American for 50 years to get an American disease. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what it takes. So anyways, that's a, an example of how do you go from genetics? This gene means you got an 80 percent chance of something to functional genomics was here's the why and what to do about it. And we can actually reverse the disease. So just to kind of simplify what you're saying, because I mean, that's all that's such an incredible story. And I mean, basically what it sounds like you guys are doing compared to, you know, like, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but you know, you take a, you take a, uh, you get your genetic printout, you run it through a reader. And then at least the ones I've used, it's all kind of the same where it's like, it's just a list. It's just a list of your SNP and then what it means. And then like the supplement that's good for it. Okay, I could see that being of use in some instances, but you know, you have you have you you see this all the time in these reports where it's like um, you have the gene SNP that makes it so you don't properly metabolize saturated fat, and then you have the one just below it, and it goes, "You do great with saturated fat," and you're like, "What the hell do I do? Like, what do I eat? Do I eat or do I not eat saturated fat?" Um, what it sounds like you guys are doing is you're taking that to the next level where you're saying, we're going to build you a roadmap of why you're experiencing what you're experiencing, like a more visual map of, okay, here's your life and here's your genes and here's what you're experiencing on a day-to-day basis. So we can put together the components in your life with the genetics that you have and say, here's what you're missing and here's where you want to go towards to make that better. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's your wellness roadmap, right? It just, you said it perfectly because it's not, a list of SNPs is great because you know more than what you knew before the list of SNPs. You're right. You went from zero to something, but it's still not actionable. Right? Yeah. I still not, I can't make any changes. I just know to look out for certain things and maybe there's something coming down the road. Right. But what am I actually changing in my environment, nutrition, lifestyle today? That's what you need to know. Because mm-hmm. your genetics is really your propensity, your, your capacity, what you're wired to do here, here, everywhere else. The, the choices you make then determine whether you're going to express a disease or not. So you need to know what choices to make. That's the key. Not only do you need to know what choices to make, you need to know then how to implement. And that's the other big gap we found that in genetic output, the reports or the apps, you get information, but you don't get, call it coaching or implementation. And that was a layer for us where we said, as a biotech, we need to cross over from in from, from insight to instruction. Mm-hmm. It's not just here's the information, but here's how you do it. So we hired a gentleman who you probably know, right? He's the author of Tiny Habits. Tell me that name again. He I'm sorry. He Stanford University. BJ Fogg. Oh, BJ Fogg. Yeah, yeah. Okay. BJ Fogg, right? So he runs the Behavioral Change Lab at Stanford University. He's sort of the godfather and, you know, founder of the whole behavioral change science. So, you know, his students built Instagram, they built Noom, like crazy apps off of his science. Uh, and so we said, here's our reports. We figured out the what's wrong with me, how do I fix it? 
right? That's kind of what people, and we did, we think we did a good job there because it's a lot more actionable. Now, how do you actually get people to do these things and not just put it in their drawer and forget about it? That's what he did. He mm-hmm. came along and scanned through our reports and put in those easy, stop this behavior, change this, do this, you know, add this to your living room, move this from your kitchen, those little things you can do that you can actually make these changes. Mm-hmm. That allows then this to be coached, which is where we're bringing in health coaches to go beyond. Here's the insight. Here's the instruction. Let's coach you and actually make sure you do these things. And we never even touched on what those things are. And I'll just quickly tell you that in that core report that we kind of feel everybody needs to go through, we touch on six big topics. This is where we go through cardiovascular health, right? Because we feel that that kind of is a problem for everybody. Uh, Mood and behavior, everything to do about the brain from disease like mental health to actual you know my personality traits emotion how i deal with stress anxiety am i irritable do i procrastinate those all that stuff sleep so i can't sleep i can't fall asleep i can't stay asleep genetically why is all that stuff happening uh inflammation and detox so again that root cause of disease is inflammation so why is that why what's my capacity and what are my choices uh diet and nutrition and it goes beyond, it, it, it does include fats, proteins, carbs, like how do I eat? What time do I eat? But it goes beyond that into perception. Like, am I a binger? Am I an addict? Do I lean on fo- food because of a coping, as a coping mechanism because of my serotonin? So we type, we take, we take the mood and behavior stuff and bring it into the diet report. And the last one is a fitness and hormones. So the thing that you said earlier oh, I do so much of the gym, but nothing's changed, right? Well, maybe your body is meant to do something else. Maybe your weight loss has nothing to do with diet. It has to do, well, I shouldn't say nothing, but that plateau that you reached has nothing to do with diet. It could be hormones, right? It could be that you're estrogen dominant, whether you're a male or a female. I can't tell you how many men we've dealt with who are get stuck. And it has, it has nothing to do with, it, I'm sorry, the only thing it is is estrogen. If they tweak that one thing, all of a sudden the gains continue. Mm-hmm. right so these are the six systems that we believe that everybody kind of needs to go through and beyond that we get clinical that's where we say let's upregulate you to you know a genetic counselor or a coach that can coach you onto things but that's kind of where we feel like everybody needs to get their that, that content so what is the the process that somebody goes through um you know do they do a, a new genetic report with you or do they if they have a, an existing genetic report let's say from 23andme or something do they send that to yep. you uh you know if somebody wants to get started you know what is the process so it is um yeah we we do have to run a new test only because if you remember me earlier mentioning the 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 different types of testing so there's snip testing which we do right? It's a standard, let's find all the spelling mistakes, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't allow us to build the, for example, the detox inflammatory pathway, which requires us to also look for copy number variations. You might not even have the gene. It's a completely separate test we have to run. And then there's something in, in between called insertion deletion, or also known as an indel, meaning you don't, the whole gene is missing, but it's also not a snip. It could be like a whole paragraph is missing, mm. or you have an extra paragraph. Right. So these two extra layers of testing that we do allow us to provide the insights that we provide. Uh, and so SNP testing doesn't populate our reports. Right. Okay. So we, we need to run the test again. So the process to answer your question is we uh, run the DNA test just like you would do anywhere else. Right. We run it in our lab. 
Uh, it's a few weeks to get it back. You first get these six reports that I told you about, which, you know, in total, it's a few hundred pages, right, to, to walk you through these six systems. Uh, we make sure that everybody gets a call with a coach just to help you navigate because there's so many reports. So it's not like a consultation. It's more just helping you understand how to look at the reports. Uh, so you get a 30-minute call with that health coach that does all this for you. From there, you have the ability to start sort of taking charge of your health genetically, where we have curated solutions like supplements, coaching programs, therapies, uh, other apps. You know, one of our investors, for example, is Dave Asprey, you know, Bulletproof. Sure. So we've taken his products and we've kind of matched them genetically to now start helping people. We've kind of told you what we need, but we've also curated those things. Right. Oh, I can't sleep at night. Let me take some melatonin. That might help. But do you actually wake up feeling rested or is there something else you need to fix? Right. Right. So uh, we've been curating and we're going to continue to curate these things and make it better and better and better and better. So that's kind of what that journey looks like. That's good. Yeah, that sounds very uh, linear, I guess is the word. Um, yeah. So and then you have health coaches that uh, that can help uh, a person start yes. achieving that. Um, I, I should ask about safety. Um, do you sell any of this data anywhere? Like where does the, where does somebody's personal DNA data get stored? How does that all work? Yeah. So that's, I would say that that one thing is what made DNA tests suck. Right. You know, so this experience of this SNP testing, which gives me a report that's entertaining, but didn't change anything. So what happened? It's kind of like the dirty secret of the, the DNA testing industry is the industry came along. There was this magic of, wow, we're going to unlock the genome and figure out the human instruction manual. In that process, DNA testing companies realized that their business model was no good because your DNA doesn't change. So I only ever need to test you once. As a lab company, cholesterol, diabetes, whatever, it's you keep going every year, right? Good business model. DNA test doesn't work. So the investors started to say, what are you going to do? Because you've sold all these tests, but it's like spend money on advertising, sell a test, journey is done, right? So now how do you go beyond that is you have to sell the data. So the test and the product became a data selling tool as opposed to an insight providing tool because the true customer, you mentioned 23andMe, their big investment around that they had two years ago where they raised $300 million, the investor was GlaxoSmithKline, one of the biggest pharma companies in the world, right? Hilarious. Why? Because, yeah, they gave them $300 million in one year. Why? To get that genetic data. So the, the problem with that is as much as they want to, the test and then front all the reports you get were about what do I need to test for to give the most valuable data? Not what do I need to test for to give you, the buyer, the most valuable insight. Right. So what we said is there's actually a huge opportunity there because everyone's gone down this path of data, 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 which is why you have all these privacy problems and data issues, et cetera. Whereas nobody is really getting the benefit. Let's do that. Right. Let's mine the insights. Let's give you what we thought you were going to get was here's my DNA. Tell me what my instruction manual is saying. That's what people actually want. So that's what we did. And that's what we built. And so in that business, we don't sell data where it's not our, we, we provide insights and we're just hoping that you'll stay, stick with us for coaching and supplements and other things that are genetically mapped to you so that the journey continues. Right. Uh, so I would say in general, 
privacy is a problem in the industry. In our business, it's in the consult, uh, sorry, the consent form. We don't sell data. It's not our business model. We just want to help you mine your data. Gotcha. That's good to know um, because I know, you know, that's a thing that stops a lot of people from moving forward yeah. with, you know, these, these DNA tests and um, man, you, it's just so hard to trust people in the industry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, I know GlaxoSmithKline, if that's the case, they, they got, they got my information, who knows what they're going to try to sell me. Um, yeah. but, uh, it is what it is at this point. So Kashif, um, we've reached the end of the podcast. Um, it has been truly, uh, an honor and a great time spending it with you here on the podcast, learning about the DNA company, actually getting a ton of, uh, insights and light bulbs going off in my head. And, um, you know, I would love to encourage listeners and viewers to, to check out, uh, what you're doing, check out the DNA company. Um, cause this really feels like across the board, something that most people can benefit from. If somebody would love to, you know, learn more about you, the DNA company, um, maybe even sign up as a uh, customer or client, where should somebody go to learn more information? So, uh, the DNA company.com is the website. Um, you can actually see sample reports there. So if you go to the DNA company.com, uh, there, I think you have to provide your email address and you can actually see my reports, by the way, I post them online so you can find out what I made of, okay. you know, and, uh, and it, there's just, it's the one product the the, the 360 report, we call it because we feel it's all encompassing covers everything. Uh, and from there, as you enter sort of our ecosystem over the course of this year, we're going to continue adding more and more and more and more. And you'll have access to all this stuff just so everybody knows here. You know, we're a biotech company. We're a research company. We were never selling things. We only launched the website six weeks ago. Oh, no way. Right? Yeah. So we were a biotech company that worked with clinics, hospitals. We helped, you know, for example, we helped Amazon build a mood and behavioral program for their staff, for people coming back from COVID that had depression and anxiety issues. We said, here's the genetics of why anxiety happens. So let's plug that into your psychiatric like health coaching right so that's actually what we do as a business is we help healthcare companies get more personalized the ability for you to now access that it took us the artificial intelligence to be able to populate the reports so that our scientists don't have to be available to speak to you mm. otherwise we could only help a handful of people right so that ai took us a year to build and it now covers 200 trillion data points and when I heard that, it blew my mind because I had no clue that's what we were doing, right? When you look at the number of 200 trillion data points to now populate this product, which is on the website. I believe that the Biohacking Congress actually organized a discount. Uh, I think there's like a $50 discount. So we can find out what that is and maybe you put it in your notes. I'll get, I'll get you that so everybody can access that also. Um, and that's what it is. Yeah, go to the website. It's a DNA uh, 360 report. Uh, all of what I've been speaking of is in there, plus a lot more. Uh, and if you desire, you can implement these things by getting into coaching where our coaches that are trained on genomics can help you change the things you need to change. Wow. That's, that's so cool. I, I really hope people go check out the DNA company.com. Um, especially if you're like a biohacker or you consider yourself a biohacker and you're just looking for peak optimal performance, uh, understanding your blueprint, understanding your DNA is such a crucial piece of that puzzle. Um, you know, you can't just throw things at the wall and hope they stick, you know, streamline your efforts, figure out what your 
body is built to do and then just get after that. And it sounds yeah. like Kashif, the DNA company, is a great tool for that exact purpose. Yes. Imagine how good you could feel if you did exactly what your body needed. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, Kashif, this has been, again, a great time. I'm so excited for people to listen to this. We'll put all of those links that you mentioned um, and all that information in the show notes when we release this. Um, that all can be found over at holisticnootropics.com forward slash podcast. And until then, thank you so much for watching, uh, watching, watching and listening. Uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Peace. Thanks for listening. For more brain-boosting info, in-depth articles, and show notes, check out holisticnootropics.com.